Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're celebrating our 200th episode with an interview with my kids, Timothy and Scarlett, about family ski trips. Both kids have been on the slopes at a handful of mountains in their short lives, and I can't wait to hear what they have to say about their experiences. In this episode, Timothy, Scarlett, and I talk about family ski trips, whether or not you should book ski lessons, and snowball fights. You about these three amazing experiences and so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash 200. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Say so, hey, Tim and Scarlett. It's so good to have you back on the podcast. It's been almost a year. Yeah. Today, we're going to be talking about going on a family ski trip. So... Why is a family ski trip a good idea for, for families to go on? So they can have quality time and not have to worry about other stuff that can bother them so they can have some quality time with each other. That's a really good idea. What about you, Tim? What do you think? I think going on a, a ski trip is a fun way to learn how to ski and or snowboard and make friends or be your family. That's a really good idea. So I know both of you do different things on the mountains. Scarlett, you ski. And I'm pretty fast. You are pretty fast. And Timothy, I beat Timmy every time. And you beat me last time. <laughs> <laughs> and Timothy, you snowboard. So what do you like about skiing? Or would you be interested in learning how to snowboard as well? Or do you just yes. want to focus on skiing? Skiing and snowboarding, because when I grow up, I want to teach kids how to snowboard and ski. Oh, that'd be really good. And you know what? It, a lot of times if you work at the mountains, you get a free pass, and you get to hang out and meet all sorts of cool people from all over the world. I think that's really fun. And I get to teach you. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could teach me, that's for sure. What about you, Tim? You've been snowboarding for multiple years now. Would you be interested in learning how to ski, or do you want to just focus on snowboarding? I'd rather keep learning how to snowboard. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when we think about going on a family ski trip, what types of things should we pack for our clothes? trip? Clothes? <laughs> yes. Clothes are a good idea. If you idea. have any snowboards or skis, bring them. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Snowboard, snowboard bags. Yeah. It's a good thing to have a snowboard bag. If you have a snowboard or a ski bag, that way you can fit uh, some of like, your clothes, your boots, a helmet. A helmet is a really good idea to have because, you know, accidents happen. And you could fall and hurt your head. You, you could. If you didn't have a helmet. Yes. And the good thing is a lot of airlines actually count uh, snowboard bags, even though they are bigger than a normal suitcase, they actually count them as a traditional like check-in bag so that, that way they don't charge extra whenever you check one in. So that's really good. What about you, Tim? Is there anything that you want to make sure to bring when, um, when you're going on a ski trip? Snacks and lots of them. <laughs> yes. Animatronics. Yeah, for sure. That's a good thing to do on the plane is having some snacks, whether it's like snacks on the plane or snacks when you're driving 
from the airport to your destination, like whether you're staying at a resort, a hotel, an Airbnb, something like that. Uh, that's always good. And then obviously like electronics. Electronics. For your kids or you. <laughs> yeah, for me too. Sometimes I like watching movies uh, when I'm on a plane. Like me. Yeah, for sure. And so electronics are also a good thing. That Toys? way the, the kids aren't you know, complaining, are we there yet? Are we there yet? On the <laughs> on the car ride to the destination, uh, having electronics as an iPad, so many services now like Amazon and Hulu and Disney Plus and others, they actually allow you to download the the movies and TV shows. So then that way, you know, you don't need a Wi-Fi connection, which is really nice. Toys, maybe? Blankets? Sure. Some of those are, are good ideas. Like a blanket in case of one of you, in case of your kids get tired. Mm-hmm. For sure. And but, a toy in case they want to cuddle one. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea is to make sure that you bring underclothes. Like, obviously, you're going to have your snowboard pants. Uh, and a snowboard jacket. You don't want to forget your snowboard jacket, right, Scarlett? Yes. Because her la- the last time we forgot to bring that one. Uh, but you want to have underclothes, like, uh, like kind of like long johns uh, or performance fleece type of uh, clothes that you can put underneath because that'll keep you warm. Because sometimes when you go in there, it's snowing, it's super cold, and you it's need those freezing. extra. Yeah, you need those extra layers to be able to keep yourself warm. So in case of you fall, you won't get freezing cold. So. One of the things we want to do when we're thinking of whatever destination we're going to go to, we want to think about how we're going to actually get there. Uh, And for me, a lot of times I try to pick destinations based on where I can use my airline miles or or hotel points. So that way we can reduce the cost of our travel because we have the Southwest Companion Pass. We've had it every year since 2007. Absolutely love it. And it saves us a lot of money because in that way, one of the persons that's flying with us actually gets to go for free. And that way gives us more money for attractions, paying for lift tickets, paying for the hotel, all those types of things. So when we think about places to stay, there's different ways to save money when you're traveling on, on a ski trip. One of the things I like to do is pick up a hotel that has like free breakfast because that's one of the most important meals of the day. You're going to be up on the mountain all day. You want to make sure you have a, a good full belly. And so free breakfast from the hotel is a great idea. Some people prefer ski in and ski out resorts that are actually right there on the mountain because then that way they don't have to worry about driving. They can drive there to the destination and then don't have to worry about driving to the, the resort in the first, I mean, the, the ski resort in the first thing in the morning. So that's definitely a good idea as well. We generally like to stay in timeshares because there they have a, they generally have a full kitchen and we can go to the grocery store, buy some groceries and things like that. So that way we can save money and uh, enjoy a good breakfast in the morning. That way, even like cooking food in the morning uh, for the kids before you wake them up, that way they're ready to rock and roll and get as much sleep as possible. That way they're, they're not grumpy on the mountain. Uh, yeah. Another option is also picking hotels that are closer to other attractions that you want to visit while you're there on, the, on your ski trip. Because although it's fun to ski and, and hit the slopes. Maybe your kids want to have a snowball fight or make a snowman. Yeah, snowball fights are a lot of fun. Uh, but there's other attractions as well. You know, sometimes some of these mountains have hot springs that are nearby, which are a lot of fun to go to. They're generally in cute towns. They have like a, a nice downtown where you can like check out different shops or different restaurants and and try local foods. Timmy, you got to try poutine when we were there in Montreal, at Montreal-Blanc. What did you think of poutine? It was delicious. That's awesome. Uh, So yeah, so there's a lot of different options. Sometimes when you book a combination stay at a hotel and lift tickets, sometimes that's another way to save money. They'll give you like a package deal, which is really good. So just a lot of different options out there to consider. Another one is DOSH. They are a great 
app that allows you to book hotels and they actually give you cash back up to 40%. So it's really nice deal uh, to be able to do that. Uh, just know that if you have elite status from a hotel or expect benefits from your elite status, generally booking a third party like that is not going to give you a lot of benefits. So when we go on a, on a ski trip, a lot of times maybe we'll go for like a, a long weekend or even like a full week. Um, but when you do that, you may not want to actually book lift tickets for that entire time or even lessons because what I found, you know, after a day or two, you get pretty tired, especially if you haven't hit the mountains a lot. I get tired as an adult uh, and the kids, I get, I think, get a little tired as well. What about you guys? If we go on a, on a ski trip, do you want to ski every day or do you want to be able to take breaks in between? Like th- ski for like three days. So we have two days to let's hang out, mm-hmm. watch TV, like have snowball fights and make snowmans. Oh, that's really good. What about you, Tim? What do you think? I'd rather have uh, one uh, ski day and then a little uh, break and uh, then another ski day. Okay. Or just two ski days and then a break. Okay, that's a good, that's good. That's what we did the last time we went to Utah this year for spring break. We did two days, then took a day off. Also, it's good that sometimes not booking your lift tickets or your lessons the day after arrival because maybe you're not ready. Like you got to get your equipment, you got to get some groceries, you got to do all these things, and you're not quite ready. Or sometimes flights get delayed, you know, and you arrive at the hotel at like one o'clock in the morning. And you really don't want to be waking up at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. to get up and, and be ready to hit the mountain. So it's good to kind of build in those buffer days, I think, is a good idea. Like you said, sometimes two days, then a day off, or sometimes just alternating days, I think, is a good day as well. Like sometimes three days or four days first, and then like take a couple of days off. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So when we look at buying lift tickets for the mountain, you can buy day passes at each mountain, which uh, you know obviously gives you the maximum amount of flexibility. But generally what we've done is we buy season passes for, we bought Icon the last few years. And we, although we haven't uh, always maximized it, I think I love the ease of use, the ease of convenience. One of the things I love about having a season pass is that you don't have to wait in line when you arrive at the mountain. You can just walk right up to the ski lifts and you're ready to go because those lines can be, can be a hassle. Also, you obviously save a lot of money. You know, you pay one fixed price. And if you go to the mountain for, you know, four or five days, you generally break even and you're ready to go. What we like to do is actually buy season passes in the spring because they're, they offer really good discounts and makes the savings that much better for, uh, for future trips. So uh, that's a good idea, uh, especially like, if you don't have a seat pass at all, Right now, you buy a ski pass in the spring, you actually get to ski the rest of the spring and all of the next season, which it gives you a little extra added value. And ski passes also provide discounts sometimes for, for ski lessons. I know the one that we had gave us additional discounts if we wanted to bring a friend. So my wife, Anna, was able to go with us on our most recent trip to Utah, and it was a 25% off discount. So we were able to get a discount on her lift ticket instead of paying full price. So that helps to justify the cost of the season pass as well. Now, another thing, if you if you want that flexibility, generally buying the, the lift tickets right at the mountain uh, is probably going to be the highest price you're going to pay. There are sites like Liftopia. If you go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Liftopia, that's our, our link. And uh, from there, you be you can oftentimes buy tickets for 10, 20, 30 or, or more percent of a discount, which is really nice and it helps you save a little bit of money as well. And 
The season pass also gives you a lot of opportunities to kind of bounce around the different mountains. Uh, like when we went to Utah, we went to Brighton and Solitude. So we got to hit two different mountains for the basically the, for the price of one, which was really nice. Now, one of the things that we do a lot because our kids are so young, they don't have a lot of experience is getting lessons for them at the mountain. So I think that's a really good idea. You can get group lessons, which are generally the cheapest, uh, or you can get individual lessons. You're going to get one-on-one instruction. It's going to be a little bit more expensive, but uh, a lot of times your your children are going to be able to progress so much more by getting those type of lessons. Even though we've booked group lessons every time we've gone, we've actually gotten really lucky where sometimes we'll get into a small group where there's only two or three children, or sometimes even one-on-one lessons, which is really awesome. So basically getting one-on-one lessons for the price of a group price. So what do you think about getting with the, the group lessons? Is that a good idea? Yeah, because then you can make friends. And when it's done, sometimes you can play around with your friends from ski lessons or snowboard lessons. What do you think, Tim? I think group lessons are good because... You uh, can uh, be able uh, to uh, apply what the coach is uh, telling someone else to uh, what you are doing. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you can you can learn from the other children. That's a really good idea as well. Like I said, essentially, you can get sometimes you can get discounts. You can with the season pass, uh, you can get discounts for hotels. A lot of times you can get discounts on lessons sometimes uh, and everything else, which is really nice. The only problem with it when you're getting a ski pass, you know, for a season pass or the day pass, is that when you get lessons, sometimes they don't include the the lift ticket, so you're paying extra money for that. Uh, does not include the boots or the the skis or the snowboard. Doesn't include the helmet, and obviously doesn't include like your gear for your clothing. So next thing you know, it can really add, the prices can really add up on that. But there are ways to save a little bit of money. We actually just bought Timothy a, a helmet a few years ago. It makes us that way. One, you don't have to worry about like lice or disinfecting it or anything like that in between uses. And because we got him a really distinctive helmet and whenever he's on the mountain, it's, it's pretty easy to be able to pick him out on the slopes, which is really cool for before next season, we're actually going to get Scarlett her own helmet. So that way she can pick it out <laughs> and that we'll be able to pick her out on the mountain uh, pretty easily as well. So I'm going to talk about some of the, the, the top 10 reasons that you should get your kids to take ski lessons. I wrote an article about this. I'll link to it in the show notes. The first thing is that sometimes the lift tickets, the rentals, and lunch are included. So although we talked about that, just said that a lot of times they're not, in some cases they are, which makes it a really affordable opportunity there. And it's nice to be able to ha- that your kids have lunch. They're hanging out with, their, with the friends that they meet in class and everything else. And it's, it's a nice, nutritious meal, but it's still pretty kid-friendly, like corn dogs and hot dogs and, and you know, apples and apples and you know, carrot slices and those types of things. So it's and really nice. And chippies. And chips, yep. So getting ski lessons instead of you trying to teach them yourself, obviously they're getting access to a professional. These professionals, they take a lot of lessons. They get certified to be able to teach. And so they're able to teach things that, quite frankly, me as somebody who's pretty much self-taught, I don't know how to be able to teach them these tricks, the moves, and everything else like this. So they're able to learn so much faster. I know that you know in 2020, we took Scarlett to three different mountains in January, and like she was able to pick things up so fast because she had two lessons at, at three different mountains. And it just, it was amazing to see her, the progress from her, from the first mountain, the first day to the last day at the last mountain. And her progress was just incredible. I've been learning how to go faster and learning how to turn. And they've been teaching me good stuff 
like tricks that you can do on the skis. That is so awesome. And uh, another reason we talk about is they'll make new friends. I know you've talked about that a little bit, and Timothy's talked about that a little bit, that you're making new friends when you're out there on the mountain. And so that's really nice. It makes the, the day go, be so much easier when you have a friend to be able to hang out with and, and chat with and make a little buddy, right? Mm-hmm. And for me as an adult, as a parent, I really like the fact that I can go on the mountain and explore all the mountain by myself because when I'm skiing with the kids, we pretty much are, are stuck on the greens, you know, even like the baby greens on the slopes. And although I'm not like a black diamond expert on anything, I like going on the blue diamond runs. I mean, the blue runs, you know, and being able to go on the blue runs makes it so much better for me, a better experience for me personally. You know, I like being able to ski with the kids, but I also like being able to go on a little bit more challenging runs. And so by having the kids in lessons, it gives you the opportunity to go out there and and hit up some of those runs by yourself. And kind of like I said earlier, that although you may be an excellent skier, you may be hitting the black diamond runs, you may be going you know, off jumps and all the different obstacles and everything like that. But that doesn't mean you're a really good teacher. And it does not mean that your kids are actually going to listen to you if you try to teach them. Whereas if you put them in lessons, generally they're going to listen to the the instructor way more than what they're going to listen to you. So definitely recommend doing that because of that. And the other thing is if you go on the, on the slopes with your kids, it can be easy actually to, to lose them. You know, you get stuck in the line, maybe you go faster, they go faster, you, somebody crashes and you lose sight of them. You lose track of them. And like next thing you know, you're waiting around, you're trying to figure out where the kids are. And if you're like one of my kids, they're going to go super fast. And next thing you know, they're going to think it's funny that they're back on the lift again and they've, they've ditched you. So when you have them in ski lessons all day, you know where they are. They're with an instructor. They have all the resources of the mountain, keeping track of them, keeping tabs of them. That way you don't have to worry about it, which is really nice. Pretty much like you follow them. Sometimes they let you try it yourself, mm-hmm. and then they see how good you are, so they can see what you need to practice and what you don't. I totally agree. So the other thing is that when you're going to a mount, like a new mountain, you don't know what the train is like, and so you're trying to learn the mountain while you're trying to teach your ch- your child. It's definitely like a, a recipe for a bad disaster. And so the experts that are there, that are the trainers, they know the mountain like the back of their hand. You know, they can easily figure out where the bumps are. They can figure out where the where the train is. They know where the, the, the lifts are and which runs are accessible off of those runs, off the ski lifts. And so having them handle like, teaching your children is such a better idea as far as I'm concerned. That way I can focus on learning the train for myself and not worrying about tripping on something and falling because I'm trying to look for, the, the, for one of my kids on, on the runs and not really knowing what I'm doing. The other thing is, Kids learn the basics. You know, a lot of times we kind of we kind of just assume that somebody knows something and we forget like a basic, we forget like a, a basic skill or a basic little tip or trick that's going to help them like just become that much better on the, on the skis or on the snowboard. And if you forget those tricks, then it's going to make it that much harder for your child to learn how to, to ski or snowboard. So definitely learning the basics is going to provide them that foundation where they're going to be able to hit the slopes for the rest of their life and, and just really enjoy it. Now, the other thing, if you think about from a cost perspective, getting lessons is basically about the same as a, as a daycare. Many mountains offer daycare, which is really nice, you know, especially if you have like a young child or you have a child that's just not interested in learning how to ski or snowboard. You can pay for daycare, but for about the same price, you can actually pay for, for lessons. And I think if you enjoy going on the slopes, 
and skiing or snowboarding, you're going to want your children to be able to learn and enjoy it as well. So if you're going to spend the money anyways, you might as well you know, try to help them get better. And so pay for the lessons and don't worry about the daycare. Now, this is a really big one. I know this happens to me and I'm sure it happens to a lot of par- other parents out there. You won't get frustrated when they don't listen to you. You know, we're trying to teach our children all the different things about skiing and snow and going on the snowboard, but kids are kids and they don't always want to listen to what their parents have to say. And you spent a lot of money on the trip, on your lift tickets, on the lessons, you know, on your rental car, the flight, the hotel, all this stuff like that. It really adds up and you want your kid to be able to enjoy it as much as possible. And if they're not paying attention to you and they're not listening to you, it could get really frustrating and that's natural. That's totally fine. But putting them in lessons kind of erases a lot of that frustration because they're not in that situation where they're worried about listening to you. They're worried about listening to the ski instructor. And again, because of somebody new, somebody a little bit more position of authority, they're going to listen to them a lot better, I think, than parents a lot of times. Those are some of my good reasons why you should do ski or snowboard lessons when you go on a family ski vacation. What do you think? Have you enjoyed some of the the, uh, lessons you've taken? Yes, because it's fun to ski because sometimes you can leave your instructor and they have to find you. Oh, let's not do that too much, though. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fun because then you can go really fast. Okay, well, it's good to go fast, but you want to make sure that the instructor always knows where you are. At least tell her you're going to try to do it yourself so she at least knows what you're doing and so she doesn't know that you're trying to escape and... She doesn't know that you may run off. Yeah, all about communication. If you communicate with your instructor, then they know where you are and it's it's all going to be good. What about you, Tim? What do you think about taking lessons? I think it's great for being able to learn how to do the tricks and learn the basics if you're new and you want to try it out. Also, what... You're not really going to get hurt unless you would just fall on your bottom a lot. <laughs> I think falling on your bottom is pretty much a, a prerequisite when uh, when you're skiing and snowboarding. I know for me, the first few years when I was when I was learning, I literally, my goal was to make it from the top of the lift all the way down to the bottom and not fall just once for the entire day. Just once. Even as an adult, we're going to fall. And so it, it's okay. Now, we kind of talked about earlier about you're bringing your own equipment and doing those types of things. One thing that I learned about is that if you're going to go back to the same mountain over and over again, you know, maybe you live in that local area or you like, you're just staying on an extended trip. You can actually lease ski equipment, a snowboard equipment, instead of renting it for you know a day or two, you can lease it for the season or for maybe a month, you know, something like that. And that's a good way to really save a lot of money because if you're just doing those daily charges over and over and over again, next thing you know, you're going to have a pretty big bill. And maybe it's worth it to to lease it like that or you know to go to a place like Play It Again Sports where you can buy used sporting equipment that maybe somebody has grown out of or maybe they don't want to do that sport anymore. So it's a good way to save money and be able to get that equipment so that way you can have an, an affordable ski vacation. So one of the things that we did in Utah when we were there, we had a snowball fight the first day we were there. And I think it was so much fun. It kind of broke the tension of, you know, we had a, a little bit of a fiasco with a rental car situation. It was a long flight coming from Nashville to Utah, plus a little bit of a drive over to our resort. And we just walked around and, and found a little bit of snow and 
had a great time throwing snowballs. We actually bought a little sled and the kids found a hill and they were able to go down, down the sled quite a bit. That was a lot of fun. So would you recommend having like snowball fights with the, with family? Yes, it would be great. It'd be really fun to hit your brothers and sisters with snowballs or your parents. Yeah, as much as you love your kids, I think there's nothing as satisfying as like hitting them with a snowball when you know they're not going to get hurt. And uh, <laughs> I do not hit them with ice or hard snow because that can hurt them. They can get scratches from the ice that can hurt them. It can cut them. Too bad, and maybe they can stop reading. Yeah, well, we'll make sure that we use real snow instead of ice because you don't want to hurt anybody. So uh, what about you, Tim? Did you have fun? I know you hit me a few times with the snowballs. What did you think about that? It was uh, funny uh, to hit you. Hey, maybe you hit me a few too many times because uh, I don't know if my head is fully recovered from all those snowballs. So, <laughs> so with that, we're going to talk about the last few times. I was adding them up, and... You've actually gone to six different locations, Timmy, taking lessons. And Scarlett, you've gone to six different locations as well. Timothy took his first lessons in Mammoth and Snow Summit, which is in Southern California. Back when he, in 2017, you were just six years old. And uh, I think that's a pretty good age to start them in that, like that four, five, six uh, year old range. Because one, they don't have any fear, which is really nice. And, uh, and two... A lot of times the lift tickets are, are a lot cheaper for, for younger children, which is really good as well. And um, they're a lot more moldable. You know, as they start getting older into those teenage years and everything like that, they start forming pretty strong opinions. And <laughs> so starting them young is definitely a good idea. I think it worked out really well. So we took a, a family ski vacation to, back to Utah in, uh, in 2019, went to Solitude, which is just outside of Salt Lake City. Uh, it was really fun. That was actually Scarlett's first time taking lessons. I really wanted her to, to learn how to snowboard, but they actually didn't have snowboards that small for, for a four-year-old. And so we started on skis and you started doing really well, which is awesome. And uh, Tim, you were doing snowboarding by that time. That was the third time you you went. And Scarlett, you and I, we got to do some, some father-daughter trips. We went to Vermont, to Stratton. We went to Blue Mountain that was just outside of Toronto. And so that was a lot of fun. Then we came back and we picked up Timmy and we all went to uh, Mount Tremblant over in Montreal. And so that was a lot of fun as well. And actually that was right before COVID hit and everything else like that. So we, we actually, it was a bummer. We didn't get a chance to hit up the rest of the ski resorts that we had planned for the rest of that year. Uh, and we skipped 2021, which was really frustrating, but uh, we were able to, to go again this year and we hit a Brighton and solitude over in Utah. Uh, we had hoped to go to, uh, to Mammoth uh, once the kids got out of school in late May, but unfortunately there wasn't a very good snow this year. So some years they, they have snow all the way out to July and even into August if they have a really good snowpack. So hopefully next year that will make that happen. And uh, I think we're going to have a good time. I'm, I'm definitely going to renew my icon pass and that, that way we can hit up some of our favorites and explore some new mountains. So with that, Tim, do you have any final thoughts on, on being able to go on a family ski trip? Is there anything you, that, that we didn't think about that you really liked that you didn't like? Another thing could probably be bringing a friend along. Oh, that'd be a good idea, whether it's just bringing one friend or coordinating the trip with another family. So that way everybody's all there and that way the, the kids get buddies to hang out with and the adults get buddies to hang out with too. What about you, Scarlett? Is there anything else that you'd want to do about... Uh, no. You love everything about snowboarding and skiing? Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, it's all about making those amazing family memories. I love all the different trips we've taken, and I can't wait to be able to take some more trips next season. So thank you so much for both coming on to this podcast, and uh, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. What an awesome conversation with Timothy and Scarlett. Whenever I ask them questions, I never know what they're going to say, and it certainly keeps me on my toes. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash 200. We want to say thank you to AwardWallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit Lansing, Michigan to seek my new friend Eric Spitz of juxtaposedjourneys.com. In this episode, Eric and I talk about touring the Capitol Building, exploring the Hawk Island State Park, and attending the Lansing Art Festival. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.